Metricast. That's the beauty that we're now realizing. We all have these superpowers. And what's so wonderful is science is finally catching up and saying, oh my gosh, actually all our experiments prove ESP exists. Suddenly there is a psychic mind. Suddenly it is becoming a thing. Oh my gosh, we can actually use this psychic sense to help uh, in all these different ways. Uh, So that's brilliant, you know? So it's being lifted out of the woo-woo into the more mainstream. Welcome, beautiful souls, to season two of the Cosmic Love Antenna with your host, Harrison Ma. I invite you on a mystical voyage from the intellect to the soul, delving deep into the mysteries of love's spiritual essence and its unfolding. This podcast celebrates the peeling back of heart layers, revealing profound lessons, interviews with spiritual seekers, and practices to open your heart to love's infinite wisdom. Good evening, afternoon, morning, mystical beings. Welcome back to the show and welcome back to another deep dive into a more and more spiritual, mystical conversation here on the show. This is a conversation that I was speaking to the guest before we got started that I I know is going to take us into some interesting areas. So I hope that this brings you some value and some insight today. If it does, for the new people here to the show, please remember to share this out far and wide with someone that you love very much. If you get feedback, insight, insight about anything that comes up, please head over to Apple, Spotify, leave your feedback and reviews over there. The powerful lady that I have on the show today is the lovely Anne. Anne is an international psychic medium. She's a writer, a tutor, and the host of the Psychic Matters podcast. And today we're going to talk about all things mystical scrying, seeing into and using the powerful crystal ball. We're going to talk about the power of intention, being a psychic in the world right now, pain and trauma, psychic tools, and so much more. And welcome to the Cosmic Love Antenna. Oh, thank you so much. It's really lovely to be here and have an opportunity to talk to you and just have a lovely conversation. So I'm really, really looking forward to it. Well, Anne, I received the love and I'm going to throw it back at you. I, uh, I'm i sure you feel this in the work that you do, but I, I'm really starting to be more and more grateful for the time that I get to spend with people like you because... And maybe you can share your thoughts on what you think of this. While the while the world is awakening and and conversations like this, people like us are becoming more normalized. It's it's still not as normalized as I would like it. And these kinds of conversations that we're going to have today, they're not mainstream. So I guess, you know, what are your thoughts on that, my friend? What are your thoughts on you know making conversations about being a psychic, being a medium, spiritual tools, all this. What are your thoughts on how this is starting to emerge as part of the collective? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It's definitely emerging in many, many areas all across the world. There's loads and loads of light bearers and and light workers who are coming out of the woodwork and doing some amazing, incredible, incredible work out there. So definitely, and it's definitely a conversation that when I was growing up, was taboo, mm. put it that way. Tell and me about that, Anne. Tell me about that. Yeah, well, not 
having grown up uh, in a very strict religious household, I was uh, brought up as a Roman Catholic with my parents who were very strict. And it was just, um, you weren't encouraged to, to uh, I don't know, be psychic, I suppose. Or I didn't really realize at the time I was also a medium. I didn't understand that. I just knew that I was very different to other people. And I think it makes you lonely because there's nobody you can sort of share it with. And this goes, this is why I'm so passionate about children at the moment as well, you know, and really supporting our children in this this day and age, 2023, who's ever listening, whoever is listening, who's got children, please embrace their psychic side Please make them feel normal. Please embrace them as having these beautiful gifts because it's for humanity. It's not because we're doing it to be naughty or weird or different. Yeah. We're, we're here for the benefit of humanity pushing forward boundaries of consciousness. That's the, yeah. that's the thing. Um, I, so that, so thank you for sharing that, Anne. And I, that's, you know, when I, but I project into the future and I try not to do that because, you know, we're, we're in the here and now and this is the moment that matters. But when I do occasionally project my love into the future, I, I that is one of the first places I see this collective shift and awakening impacting most is the children, right? Because that's where it starts, right? There's a reason I do. I spend so much time doing inner child work and all the things is just, that's the moment. Um, let's, let's step back here a little bit in and, what we're talking about with this awakening and being a psychic medium and a psychic and these gifts. One of the reasons I wanted to bring you on the show today is that other than the fact that you are so um, prolific in a loving way in the work that you do in the world, you use very specific tools and, and these tools are new to me and I, and the listeners of the show, I think might be new to them as well. So I'd, I'd love to start with maybe speaking about some of those tools and then we'll use those tools as a, as a jumping off pad to go deeper into other spiritual topics. So let's start with scrying. What, what is it and how does it help us, like you just beautifully highlighted, to sort of lean more into our abilities? So scrying is using the psychic mind to pick up information not known to the physical senses. That's what it is. You can use things such as a crystal ball, which we, I know we're going to talk about, a seer stone, a shiny surface, a mirror, a, a, a bowl of water. You can also use a spot on the wall. I could probably scry using your beautiful uh, vest top that you've got on there with all those beautiful colors on. Uh, it's just putting your focus somewhere and then allowing the psychic mind to, to get images, perceptions, feelings, fragrances, things like that. So if you were, for instance, using a crystal ball, you can Stare into the crystal ball almost as if you're softening your eyes, softening your gaze, soften, soften, like a daydream. You know the daydreams we all got told off for at children as kids. <clears throat> uh, allow yourself to daydream and drift into that beautiful sort of 
half awake, half asleep state. And that's when you can just stare. You're softly staring almost through the crystal ball, just staring. And then you can start to see and perceive. Sometimes it can start as little lights, uh, little tiny dots that you almost see in front of your eyes first. Sometimes it could be a mist. Sometimes it can be a shape or just a shadow. And as you stare and stare without trying hard, you mustn't try hard to try and see and perceive, just gently allow. And as you allow your psychic mind to uh, drift, then you can start to see shapes, colors, formations. And as you look at those formations, for me, they now start to come alive. They start to be very animated. So it's like watching a small movie within the crystal ball or your reflective surface. Yeah, it's fascinating. I love Ooh, it. Yeah. So many questions. So first of all, I think that sort of bubbles up in me as you're explaining this, spe specifically when you're talking about, you, you mentioned a couple of times the space you know, just almost drifting off and daydreaming and what these states sort of have in common is a relaxing of the the ego mind in many ways, the relaxing of the, maybe a lot of the programming, the beliefs, the stories, the thought forms that take us away from this ability. So Maybe you can speak to the significance of this. And I'll give another example here. I am actively, as I've mentioned many times on the show, and this is new to you, my friend, I haven't shared this with you. I'm actively in a mystery school at the moment. And part of that mystery school is uh, really learning to open our divine channel that we then share our gifts from. And as an example, in relation to what I'm asking you, part of channeling is learning to relax the lower mind so our larger self can express itself through us. So one, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. And, and what is the significance of, you know, letting that mind relax so these gifts can come through? Mm, fabulous questions. And congratulations on being in your mystical school. Thank that you. sounds brilliant. It's, really it's, interesting. It's lovely. I can't stop talking about it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not surprised because it becomes such a passion. Yeah. Um, well, it's similar. My, my The way that I look at things seems to be very similar to what you're saying or have just said there in that I will, before I begin any kind of work, any one-to-one, -one, or even if I'm just working for myself, the first thing I will do is become aware of myself as the eternal being that I am, the eternal self that was here way before the physical body was invented, that will be here way long after my physical body has departed from this earth. And so that's the essential part of me. So first of all, I will tune into my soul. And how do we do that? You just become aware that you are so much more than your physical self. So first of all, we tune into us. And then it's from that point where all wisdom is because we are omnipresent, omni. Mm -hmm you know, all the omnis, yeah. <laughs> all of that. Yeah. Uh, so, so we're everywhere and we've got all this innate knowledge and we are a matrix of souls as well. That's we, we don't work alone. This is my belief anyway. It may not be everybody's, but it's come to my experience that we're not a single soul 
trying to desperately live some challenging life here. We are a matrix. We belong to a community of other souls. And because we are one of millions, billions and billions, yeah, (laughs) one of everything, we are therefore connected and therefore can pick up information from other souls, objects, places, people's things. So it's not difficult. You just have to, what we're trying to do is get the conscious mind out of the way. The conscious mind, really important because it helps us remember to do the shopping and it helps us to remember to. And, and Anne, sorry to interrupt you here because it, it, it also helps us from being overloaded by that state of interconnected to the collective, right? It's, this is where we can, this is where I want to keep hearing your thoughts, but this is where we can love that mind because that, that, that part of us that does keep us separate from times, because if we were in that oneness state all the time, then we wouldn't have the individuality to then interact between each other. Right. Correct. Absolutely correct. And of course, we need the conscious mind to just exist in the physical world. Um, But when we want to use our psychic mind, we want to try to put those thoughts to one side as much as we can. And that's why when we drift into that beautiful daydream state, it's a blissful state. It's a beautiful state. It's the eternal states where we all yearn to be once again. So yeah, that's why I think we have such a passion for this work, because when we tune into that energy, it's divine. Yeah. It's it's so interesting hearing you speak and and I encourage people listening to to do this practice as well. You know, Anne sounds very different to me other than her lovely accent. The way that she describes certain concepts, she uses different words. But I can feel the frequency of the words that you describe and it resonates with me. Even though the words are different, the truth behind them is the same. And I highly encourage people listening as we take this chat further, unlock that ability for you, right? And this is this is why I can, I'm sure you have this experience, my friend, you can listen to a lot of different mystical teachers from different traditions that, especially if they're, again, the mystical kind, they'll, they'll be packaging it in their own unique way, but the truth that they'll be expressing will be that same fundamental presence, right? Do you notice right. that? Yep, yep, absolutely. Because yeah. we're all talking about the same thing. That's yeah. the thing. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's it's that individuality that makes it so um, beautiful. Mm. Let's let's continue here, my friend. And so you spoke about it before, and I want to go into it now. So we so scrying from what you described sounds like the process a process that we add on to different things itself, like whether it's the crystal ball, whether it's you said my shirt, whether it's water. Can you explain now the process of using the crystal ball specifically? <laughs> specifically, Because for me, and I want to ask you about this next, but the crystal ball is, is very stereotypical, even within the non-psychic world, people that can sort of hear that and they have their own connotations and stories that we then project onto it. So I'd love to hear you as someone that has used this kind of tool in your practice. What is it? What's the power of it? And why should we be interested? Mm, very good question. Well, um, <clears throat> um, yeah, let me see. Where do we start with this? 
Um, it sounds hilarious, doesn't it, that we can look into a ball of glass or crystal and see imagery and tell you things about yourself. It, it sounds crazy. <laughs> um, but of course, there is no power in the crystal ball. The power is always in us. So there's nothing to be frightened about at all. This is just the divinity, the divine self that is able to pick up information readily available to absolutely everybody who works on who works and walks on this planet. We are all psychic. We all have mm. an intuitive awareness. It's what we're born mm. with. And as we said earlier, hopefully people are now being encouraged to use these senses. But with a crystal ball, um, why should you, what was your question? Why should you use it? Why should people, yeah, that and, you know, wh why should we be interested in it? And I, I, I'll add a little disclaimer here. You know, it's not going to be for everyone, right? As you beautifully said, these are, these are tools in our medicine bag. And the, the most important thing is the love that we channel through it. But I, I see these tools as gateways to coming back to ourselves. So why, why would this crystal ball work as that gateway? Why, why could it be powerful in that way? Um, well, I'm not sure I can answer that because the crystal ball is just one thing. Yeah. You could use it if you wanted. You could use a stone. You could use absolutely anything. All psychic tools will work in exactly the same way. Well, maybe not quite the same way, but there's different techniques for using them. But basically, yeah. you're working with your psychic mind. So that's yeah. the whole thing. Everything will help you. All of these tools will help you to go back into the psychic mind to pick up the information. So the crystal ball, why should you use it? It looks beautiful. It's mm. fun. It's circular. It's gorgeous. Uh, many, many reasons. It's got a beautiful energy of its own, depending on what it's created from. Um, so yeah, it's kind of personal choice. What does it look like, Anne, when you've used it in the past? If I came to you as maybe always someone listening is interested in this kind of work. Because mm. again, I I guess one of the intentions of getting you to explain this is to to break maybe some of the stories and illusions that are behind it, right? Because I know for me, for example, before I discovered the fact that you use it or it can be used in the way that you're describing. I had beliefs and stories about the sort of almost, what's the word, the cartoonish imagery of it you would see on a, mm. on a, on a movie or a TV show. So yeah. is it similar to that? Is it different? What does it practically look like? Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because you see uh, usually a lady yeah. with her hands over the crystal yes. ball, looking yeah. all mysterious into it. And, oh, there's a mist forming, yeah. all of that stuff. Exactly. Yeah, and it is. it can be quite comical uh, when it's sent up in that sense. Um, but in practical terms, uh, you just sit in front of your crystal ball and you can put your hands over it purely to keep the shadow, keep the sun out or the keep, keep a darkness to the ball so that you get a better image. That's that's possibly a reason why you might put your hands over it. Um, you might lean into it because you want to see more clearly the imagery. So already you can see with those cartoons in your mind's eye with a person going closer to the crystal ball. But they're the reasons why you do it. Um, it's covered with a cloth sometimes. So quite often you'll see in cartoons or imagery or send-ups, it's covered with something. Uh, but that's only because it's dangerous if you've got a, any kind of reflective surface and the sun is shining, they cause fires. So of course you must cover it up. But also 
something about keeping it sacred for the sacred purpose of reading. So that's a personal choice for you. And also it's a dust cover. So, you know, it's practical reasons, really. Um, It's so so interesting. And I want to share something with you and I want to, I'd love to get your perspectives on it. Uh, And this is just a theory that I have. And I don't know if it's true, but it's a feeling that I have. I, as you described that, as you just described it in the very practical, normal way that you did, you know, it just clicked. It's like, oh, of course, it's all those things. And it, the the comical image that I had of it as a child, watching cartoons, movies, etc., it set me up for you for me to receive the description that you just described. So now I'm like, oh, that's that's what it is. That's the real reality that you just described. And I've noticed, I've noticed this setup in. Uh, if you want to call it conventional culture in many other ways, meaning that I, before my awakening, I, you know, watched movies like the matrix. I watched movies like star Wars. I watched the movies like I still do. Right. But all these superhero movies that are out in, in current mainstream at the moment. And within each of these mediums, I've noticed a trend of there's these, the supernatural themes within them that, in the non-awakened state, it's very easy to push away and say, oh, this is just fantasy and not reality. But then as I've awakened and had conversations like this one with you, I've started to see that there's actual, there's, there's so much more truth in these fantastical concepts than what I initially thought. So this is the theory that I wanted to pose to you, my friend. Do you think spirit and God presence, you know, the, all that is that we all made up of, as you spoke to before. Do you think it's planting some of these creative ideas into the collective to help awaken, to help people sort of transition into the larger reality? What are, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think that's really interesting. And I think most definitely there are children being born or or certainly have been born over the past 20, 30 years that have new gifts to share with mankind and things are changing most definitely, which is probably why we are now having this more enlightened period of time where people are looking to use their intuitive senses a lot more. So yeah, I would say most definitely planted, if you like, or just evolving uh, for the benefit of mankind. But I think we all, it's interesting you talk about the superpowers in those movies and things, but that's the beauty that we're now realizing. We all have these superpowers. And what's so wonderful is science is finally catching up and saying, oh my gosh, actually all our experiments prove ESP exists. Suddenly there is a psychic mind. Suddenly it is becoming a thing. Oh my gosh, we can actually use this psychic sense to help uh, in all these different ways. Uh, So that's brilliant, you know? So it's being lifted out of the woo-woo into the more mainstream, which I think is fantastic um, because it will stop people ridiculing us. Finally, we'll be going, ha-ha, we told you there was something in it. (laughs) (laughs) Just, And it allows all those people that feel unsafe to express themselves to then finally step in, right? I think an example of the science that you're talking about is the whole field of parapsychology. Right. You look at how big that's becoming and the studies that are being done on the supernatural. It's yeah, I'm really excited for what's coming. My friend, I want to shift now to another question I have for you. And 
it connects to those tools that we were just speaking about, but also just expands a bit further now into, you know, mediumship, psychic work in general. And it's the role of intention, the role and the power of intention. So I'm wondering if you could speak to this. Why is it important to even consider intention with any of the work that we do, especially within this psychic world? Well, you have to have a focus. You have to know where you're going. So if somebody sits with you and asks you a question as a psychic, you need to have the intent to help guide and assist. Um, in, intention is obviously hugely important. I'm not sure I'm understanding quite what you're asking me. Would you mind asking well, it of I, me again? I think you answered it beautifully, my friend. I guess, oh. I, I guess I, let me add another layer to it. If we didn't have intention within this psychic medium work or any of the work we've talked about today, what would it be different? Right. I, you know, to give you an example here, whenever I work with souls and we go into deep meditations, I always set, I always encourage the person to set an intention and I set an intention. And exactly as you described, it's, it puts the potential that we're sort of tapping into within that meditation into a, into a line, right? Into a sort of tension, right? So we can direct where we're going. So I guess I'd love to hear from your perspective, one, your thoughts on that, but two, if we didn't have intention, what would happen? <laughs> that question really vexes my brain for some reason. I'm not quite sure where to go with it. Let me try and speak about intention for a moment and see where we go. Um, Hmm. What would happen if we didn't have intention? Well, we'd all be just bobbing about without any purpose to our work, I suppose. Um, yeah, I, I'm so sorry, Harris. I'm not quite sure Anne, how to answer you. And you're all good. I think this is why. <laughs> it's like being asked a really hard question in exams. I'm like, I don't know how to phrase it. I don't know how to answer it. That, and that's why I asked Anne, because I think <laughs> we don't, I don't think we ask that question enough, right? And I, mm. I, it's in my sort of routine all the time, but I think it's, we're not, if I were to add something to this, just to help here and then we'll shift to another question. I, I think where it plays a role is what you spoke about beautifully earlier, the the difference between connected to the one, the oneness of everything, and then also being that individual expression, right? When we set an intention, it helps us channel the oneness into an expression. Right, rather than just being everywhere all at once, we're now focusing that potential into a certain direction. Mm, you, I would agree. you agree with that? I do agree. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> what we a great it. answer! Well done, you. <laughs> <laughs> we got it. We got that. Um, my friend, let's. I want to speak on what you just spoke to a second ago around the science catching up, and I think in my experience, and you could share your own if you feel called, as I've developed my psychic abilities, mediumship, channeling, all the things, I've noticed a fear that rises up of, you know, the scientific mind ridiculing or pushing up against or invalidating what I know to be true that I then share with the world. So, I'd love to hear your advice on, because you have, I assume, a lot of experience with this, for people that are listening that 
have these abilities developing and they're sharing it with the world as healers, psychics, mediums. How do we handle the scientific mind that comes in that might be fearful of it and says, you know, as an example, what is the proof of this? What is the scientific validation for this? How do we, mm. how do we move through that? Mm. Great question. Well, I think we welcome the scientific mind for definite. We embrace it because wouldn't it be just wonderful if it could finally, science could finally prove lots and lots of the things that we intuitively know and that we know is true in our own truth. Uh, so I warmly embrace science facts because science need facts and evidence to, to make it scientifically proven, right? Um and of course, I understand about the f- people being frightened that they might be proved wrong or things like that. But science hasn't proven how a bumblebee flies yet. Doesn't know how. How does that happen? Science doesn't know. Has no explanation for a lot of things, <laughs> but but they patently happen. Um, so you know, you could take it with a pinch of salt. Um, and I think we have to stand firm in our own truth. And we can only do that by constantly questioning because anybody who just accepts what I say, they're listening or or what you say, then you're, I I wouldn't advise that, put it that way. Test things for yourself. Is this true for me? I listen to this man. I listen to this woman. I listen to this person and I hear what they're saying, but is it true for me? Test it out. See. And that's how I realized that my mediumship was a true, true thing. I had to test it. I had to say time and time again, this is hooey. This is rubbish. I think this is nonsense. Where is this information coming from? But it's only when you get people that say to you afterwards, this is exactly correct. That's absolutely 100% correct. Or you get things validated afterwards that you couldn't possibly have known. And even your recipient didn't know, then that is proof that conscious, for me, that consciousness exists outside of, of uh, the physical body once it's passed away. Though it's only by constantly me questioning it Mm. that I've come to my own truth and now it's cemented in truth for me. Mm. Yeah. That was beautiful, my friend. I I think one of the pieces that you just spoke to that really hit my heart was meeting that scientific mind with acceptance and compassion and love, with openness. Mm. Because I think another side to this, and I may I get your thoughts on this too, when I just think of the times where someone has said something to me from this lens, where I've been expressing something, you know, paranormal and, and, and moving through me. And then someone said something ridiculed in that moment. There's a part of me that reacts to that. And by me loving on that person, that external piece, in this case, scientific viewpoint, in that act of love and compassion for them, I'm also showing myself that same love and compassion. I'm showing the piece of me that's been triggered, that may be wounded, that might be a story connected to their view. I'm also showing that piece love inside of me. Have you have you noticed this uh, phenomena, my friend? 
It's very interesting because I think I have a background as an actor. So my background is one of rejection on every level. You know, it's interesting, you know, when I look back at my life, there's been just so much rejection from so many different areas that now that I'm um, more of a more mature age, uh, rejection rolls off me now. I'm just like, oh, okay, I, I'm going this way anyway. So, you know, I'm quite happy going along in this in this way. So it doesn't really affect me as much. It did used to. It used to hurt like anything. I used to really take it to heart and puzzle over why people were so cruel or why people couldn't open their minds. Like I can open mine and just be open to the idea. And then you understand once you understand more about it's nothing to do with us, people are walking their own paths. They have to, we have to allow them to find their own way through their life. Mm -hmm. And once you let go of trying to control outcomes, mm -hmm. then it's so much easier. Okay. I can only control how I look at the world. I can't yes. control a lot of what happens to me in the world. I can control my reaction to it. Um, and yeah, try to constantly look on the bright side all the time, always raising the vibration, looking for something better than what's currently happening. And it just keeps you lighter and brighter. So, yeah, that kind of rejection thing has really been a thing for me in the past. It's been very painful, but I've moved through that now. And I'm blessed to say that I'm okay. I I still, I can't say a hundred percent because I'm a human being and of course I'm going to get hurt. And of course I feel rejected in some ways, but it's better. It's easier yeah. for me now. It, and that's a testament, Anne, to give you extra love here. That's a testament to the work that you've done on yourself, right? That's yeah, that, then this is for everyone listening. That's how you can see, right? That's whether we are, and I think most of us sometimes do this work unconsciously. We, we spend so much time focusing on our unconscious shadows but we don't acknowledge from time to time the unconscious work that we do in the light and it sounds like a big part of i'm sure you've done conscious work my friend but it sounds like there's a lot of unconscious work that you've been doing that now shows in that progression that you've taken yeah let's shift here and i want to go a little bit deeper speaking of wounds and 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 trauma and pain when we had our pre-chat you know a couple of weeks ago now you mentioned I, I pulled out something that you said and it was a very it hit my heart for a few reasons and i'll explain them in a second but you you said quote the pain of being a psychic runs through us runs through us and i think you said maybe it runs through us all and i want you to speak to this and maybe you can go a little bit deeper into why it runs through us, why it runs through us, maybe as a collective, maybe from an ancestral perspective. What What is your feelings behind this, my friend? That was a great phrase I said there, wasn't it? I agree. <laughs> well done for writing it down at the time. I think the pain of it is because it's such a solo. We can feel so solo and so lonely on this path. For instance, I've got loads of friends. I've got, you know, great family and all of that, but my friends don't believe in 
all of this stuff. They might have a tiny interest, but not really. My family certainly don't. Um, so you find you have no one to share things with, no one to talk to about it, no one to chew the fat with, as it were. So you end up and because of the element of ridicule that I've experienced in my life, you tend not to share things with anybody. So you keep things very much to yourself. So uh, that makes us, it, it, you fold in on, on yourself in a way and you live a sort of more of a secret life. So like I could be out walking with a friend or so I might see something in the bushes. Quite often I see uh, portals open or imagery that comes alive that that I can see I wouldn't dream of mentioning it to the people I'm with because because I don't know it because of the ridicule the rejection the 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 fantasticness of it so I keep that sacred for myself so there is some sort of pain there I think that a lot of us feel but what I found is my beautiful friendships that I have with my medium friends, my psychic friends. Oh my gosh. Then I can phone them up. I get home, get rid of all the normal people. And then, you know, guess what? I was walking past this hedge and this thing happened and they're like, oh my God, that's so amazing. And you can chat then. That's really nice. It's nice to have that. But yeah, it, I think we just feel very lonely in this world. And that people listening to this, for many years, I didn't have a single soul to talk to about my psychic side or my mediumship side. And it wasn't until my mid-40s when I was able to find like-minded people to share this with. So that's a long time to be on your own with these, these, these amazing gifts mm. and these things that happen around you that you just can't explain. Yeah, mm. it's hard. It's hard. And there was nowhere to train back then. I mean, we've got the internet now and we've got mobile phones and we've got courses and, and all kinds yeah. of things. Yeah. Uh, you know, podcasts like this wonderful one, like these kind of conversations, they weren't happening, yeah. you know, 15, 20 years ago. They just weren't there. And so it was very lonely. And there are people. I study at a place called the Arthur Finney College. I go there as often as I can. It's the world's foremost college for the study of spiritualism and psychic science. And I meet people there who travel from all over the world and they say, you know what? I come from a little town in Italy. There's no spiritual churches. There's no classes. There's no people. No one wants to talk about it. That's just one example of one lady I met once. And there are many people I meet from all over the world who say the same. So they go to the Arthur Finney College, they feel at home, they relax, and then they have to go back to these lonely existences. And there's many people like that all over the world, which is why I've got such a passion for sharing knowledge about psychic and mediumship, which is why I started my podcast, Psychic Matters, to share knowledge and make it normal so people yeah. can find out what it is all about. We hold that as a similar intention, my friend. A very that yeah. is a core, one of the core pillars of this show too. And I think my heart is with you in that same place. But let me let me lovingly push against this, and it's not, not, not really a push, but more of an addition to what you're saying here around you know creating the reality in which we we feel seen or 
we feel like we can talk about the things that excite us in this regards to the psychic and spiritual stuff. And as you're explaining your journey and and what you've created, I kept coming back to that 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 sort of word is that you know you created this, my friend. You created you know, studying at the place, teaching at the place, going, and even that lady that you talked about, she made that choice and created that reality in which she then went there. And what I would say to those people that are in those isolated areas, especially in this world that we live in now, where we have access to the world on our phone, on our laptops, I think if you hold the intention on your heart of, let's just use the example of, I want someone to talk to about this psychic thing, right? Make it simple. But then you make it specific. Then you say, but I can't go anywhere. I can't travel. I can't get on a plane. Reality will shift, right? Because you, I truly believe, and I'm sure you do too, my friend, that as you said, you know, I, I believe in the Vedic perspective that there is no objective outside world. There is just the inner world of consciousness that we are, that we then project through our lens and see. So if I go to my inner world and set again, there's this word again, the intention of, I want to speak to someone about my gifts, then we now attract those things into our world. We then attract maybe a Facebook group, maybe a podcast with a beautiful woman on the other side of the world to have this discussion about, right? What does this resonate, my friend? Do you agree with this? I totally agree with you, Harrison. Totally, totally. And as you were talking there, I was thinking, you know, it's interesting. The Arthur Finley College can be um, expensive for people to go and study at. And I can never afford to go. So I always put down my £100 deposit and I set the intention that I'm going. I'm going on this course. It will take place in six months, seven months, eight months time. And just by... by making the intention that mm. I'm going, I'm already going, it's a given, I will be there and the money comes in. Yeah. Somehow the money has never not come in once I've set that intention and I know what I'm doing. So I think I think that's, you know, possibly what you've, you're saying. You make it a reality. Uh, it's already a reality. So it's just an unfoldment of what is already the reality. Yeah. 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 And it's... Yeah, that's the experience that I've started to awaken more and more to. And, yeah, it's and beautiful. I, it's yeah. great because then you can get anything you want in the world. It's great. It's yeah. wonderful. It's, it's um, manifestation at its best. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a characteristic we talked about before about that omnipresent, omnipotent essence yes. that we are. Yeah. That's the characteristic of it. It's that's it doesn't right. have it, this. It's this is a another per- pervasive limiting belief that. We are in a universe of scarcity, when it could not be the it could not be further from the truth. It's the exact That's opposite, right. right? It's abundant, That's right? Right That's for right. all of us. It is very, mm, yep. I want to backtrack a little bit to again the same question of the same question, but I want to look at it from another angle now and get your thoughts on this of this this pain of being the psychic running through us and. On this show, I speak a lot about ancestral healing and past life healing and becoming aware of experiences that we've already lived as this eternal soul that we are that hold pain, trauma, stories, belief that 
need to be moved through with love. So without giving too much more here, I'm wondering, my friend, because I want to go deeper into this, what's been your personal experience with as you've started to unfold your psychic abilities and stepping out into the world and sharing yourself in the way that you have, have you noticed whether it's elements down your ancestral line, maybe from religious persecution, for example, or maybe past lives where you may have been a witch or maybe been in something like Atlantis, things like this that you've noticed have come up to be seen, to to be moved through to, so you can spread your light more, to speak more, to share more. Does that question make sense? It does make sense. But interestingly, it's not really in my experience. Um, I do feel that rejection has been a key theme in my life in this current incarnation, definitely. And um, poverty was a big one as well. I'm conquering that uh, or have almost got that conquered, which is good. But I recognize those two themes running throughout my life always since since tiny. And um, that's very interesting. Uh, past life, the past life regressions that I've uh, been led through haven't ever thrown up anything in the ancestral line or anything that's related to the work that I do now as a psychic or a medium. So I can't say that it's that. I do know that there are people in my family who have had psychic ability. And I know that there is a spirit lady in my flat who is a uh, great, I think it's a great grandmother or great grandmother's sister, something like this. Um, because I recognize her photograph from a, an array of old yieldy worldy people mm. in my family line. Mm. So, um, so that's the only experience I've got with that. So I, I can't really comment on that Harrison, mm. I'm afraid. Has that been your experience? Well, it, so I think first of all, I'm excited that 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 hasn't been your experience because it it shows that you know it's easy for us and I've often seen this in myself. It's easy for us to get stuck in focusing on the pain, right? Especially as we start to heal, we we think we need to continue healing or we're not enough. Like we need to. I've I've as you in your example, I've worked, I've healed through my childhood stuff, so now there must be more, right? There must be more layers here. There must be things that have to go deeper. That's not what you're saying, right? You've you've spread your light and tapped into your beautiful abilities without heading to those deeper layers. And it's not to say that those layers may not appear in the future, but what it is highlighting is they're not necessary to be the brightest light we deserve to be. And to answer your question has been my experience, but I recognize it's not everyone's. It doesn't have to be. Right, which is why I was why I was interested in your experience. It's interesting approval, getting people's approval. My mum is eighty nine. Uh, she's still with us, and she, she, I went to see her just for Christmas. And one of the things she finally said to me at eighty nine is, "So, what is it you actually do? What do you do?" And she was 89 before she even asked me about my psychic side. So I, I told her, you know, I'm a psychic, I'm a medium. This is to try to keep it simple and basic. 
And she just said, oh, right, great. Well, now I know. I'll tell people, I'll continue to tell people you're a secretary. It saves a lot of questions. <laughs> so, But she had finally asked me. Now, I didn't overload her and I've never gone back to the conversation because I don't want to antagonize her. <laughs> it was probably a big thing for her to ask yeah. me that. But it did take, you know, she was what? 89 before she bothered to ask. What's your theory in why it finally occurred do you think she healed something do you think it was you i don't know i think it's because her friends are all interested in it she was like why are they so interested in my daughter what is it that she's doing so there was a, a light interest but i didn't push it but it's just about that approval and i i recognized in myself also after that conversation, I it had been so long, I no longer needed her approval. I don't need anybody's approval to do what I do. I do what I do. I love what I do. Yeah. So it's it's one wonderful when you can shake off every all of those things. You you don't get troubled like I used to years ago. Let me so let me ask a question about this then, my friend, because this is and we've given a lot of tips here today around this, but maybe we can as we come to the end of this chat, we can maybe drop maybe one, two or three extra pieces here for people listening that haven't got to that point of acceptance, self-acceptance in those, in that, in those gifts, in that mediumship, in that, in that psychic nature. What, what else would you offer to someone that is struggling with that? Maybe because of their family, maybe because of their friends, maybe because of their current uh, ecosystem that they live in. What advice would you give on top of what we've already discussed? Well, I would advise everybody to um, be silent, be still, because that's where all the answers lie. Just take a moment, literally two minutes, three minutes to just sit in the quiet, wherever you are. It could be outside. You could stand by the garden shed at the bottom of the garden if that's the only space you've got. Stand and be peaceful and just allow your eternal soul self to rise in the moment and feel into where your tummy is, into your gut instinct. This will never, ever, ever lead you astray. So if you've got a question about something or you're not sure about something, breathe, go to your gut instinct. How does it feel? If it feels bubbly and exciting and wonderful, go ahead. If it doesn't, if it feels a little unsure or sticky, don't go ahead. I mean, you've got all the answers. You've got all the power within you to make the correct decisions. It's having the courage to make the decisions. That is uh, the difficult part. <laughs> but we always know what the answers are inside if we listen to how we truly, truly feel. So I think that's really empowering and really, really powerful. And I'll give you a tiny example. I was asked by a beautiful lady who lives in America mm. if I would go this year and teach with her over there for a couple of weeks. And I, of course, said yes. And we had some dates lined up and stuff. And then when I felt into my gut, I thought, something isn't feeling yeah. right and I couldn't quite put my finger on it. So I emailed her immediately said, listen, it doesn't feel right. I don't know why. Let's move this on to 2024. So hopefully she will continue to ask me to come back. Um, uh, but and, and then it transpires that other things have come up this year, which would have prevented me yeah. going had I 
you know, had I followed my, yes, I'm definitely going to teach in America, my kind of human wants to go, I shall. The ego, yeah. So listen to your gut instinct. It will never lead you astray. Mm. I think that's a powerful, and I say that word very intentionally, powerful tip there, my friend. It really, I teach a lot about the chakra system and a lot of what you're describing here is the importance of that solar plexus truth that that develops inside of us in that in that stomach gut instinct area that you were highlighting and it again it, it going back to the going full circle it it shows us the importance of not just allowing the allness to move through us that presence that divinity that we've talked about today but also that unique expression that has a voice, right? That unique part of you that that wishes to speak in those moments, but we can't hear unless we are actively listening. So I think it's a powerful tip that we can all use. My friend, I have one more question for you to finish up. But before I get to that, I do want to give you a bit of space here now. If the lovely listeners tuning in have been pulled to the soul that is Anne and the work that you do in the world and they would want they want to reach out they want to find out more where can you direct them to for some more Anne goodness oh that's really kind of you Harrison thank you to my website would be the place to go so that's anteato.com a-n-n-t-h-e-a-t-o.com and on there you'll find all the courses that I'm offering you'll find links to my podcast if you're interested in that um what's and that? what's the name of your podcast again for people interested? my oh thank you it's psychic matters mm. psychic matters um I'm currently I run a development circle for people that are interested in developing their psychic or their mediumistic awareness I run a wonderful course at the moment called the secrets of psychics and seers where we are mm. using crystal balls and we are using uh, seer stones and mirrors and all of these things where we're doing prophecy and prediction and things like this it's fascinating so yeah and scrying so do do sign up for that if you want and i'm also doing a remote viewing mentorship so i'm teaching remote viewing as well so lots of classes i i offer all kinds of things throughout the year yeah and also if there is a free event actually people might be interested in something i do on a tuesday which i was actually doing just before this which is at seven o'clock UK time. I don't know if that quite suits your listeners because you're a little upside down to me over there in Australia, but seven o'clock UK time, it's called the mediumship hour. And so it's myself and one other medium and we do half an hour each of mediumship and to an invited audience, well, not an invited audience, anyone can turn up. So if you want to have, if you want to, if you're curious, you want to see what mediumship is all about, come, come and join us. It's free. Love it. As always, beautiful listeners, I'll put all of Anne's details, all the things that she just described, I'll put it in the show notes. So if you click your podcast player details, you should be able to click the link and go straight to all of those lovely offerings. And it's been a really fun chat today. A lot of interesting areas that, I, that it's funny we talked about before we started recording. It was going to take us into some interesting areas and it, it definitely did, right? That was the intention that we set. Uh, my last question here before I let you go, this is the cosmic love antenna and long story made short as a kid, I grew up very religious, much like yourself. And I got a bit uh, dissuaded with God 
my high power being a man on a cloud judging me. So I became atheist, but then I came back into spirituality by equating my high power as this presence of love. So I'm wondering, my friend, in your world, how do you define that love word? How do I define, are you asking love. how do I define love. love or God or the universe? Whatever moves through you, my friend. Yeah, love. It's just love. Is the meaning of everything. Whatever we do, every step we take, we if you if you do it with your most beautiful and loving intention for for yourself and for everyone around you, then you will never go wrong in this world. Mm. What a loving little full stop on this chat. And thank you for your time today. I love you very much. Beautiful listeners out there in the podcast world, thank you for your time, your attention, and opening that heart space to us. If this brought you value today, please share this far and wide. But regardless, we love you. Until next time on the show, we'll see you very soon. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Cosmic Love Antenna with me, your host, Harrison. If you gained value or this episode hit your heart, please remember to share this out with a friend, a family member, or a lover. You can also leave your love over on Apple Reviews and Spotify star feedback, and this helps me spread my frequency to more souls in need. Finally, if you want to connect with me deeper, want to reach out, interested in coaching, please follow me on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn at Harrison Ma, Ma spelled M-E-A-G-H-E-R. Sending you so much love. I host the rock podcast back to the arena the interviews it's about a 30 minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music you can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify Apple Google iHeartRadio and more if you're a rock fan like me subscribe today to back to the arena the interviews electric acid Hey, it's Tim from 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys, the comedy podcast you had no idea you needed. Join Ben, Jeff, and me as we continue our musical road trip back through the years and around the globe. See, just when you thought all white guys were like Joe Rogan, you come across three educators trying to remember when we were cool. 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Electric acid. Acid.